What's going on? What's going on? You can hear me, right? I can hear you just fine. Awesome. All right. So it is, what'd you say, podcast? And I'm talking with George Sedakis. I feel like a lot of you have to know who he is because he posts the link faithfully to every pod episode. So it's only right that we get this guy on. Yeah, it's my pleasure. You know, you've been supporting me for, what, the past six years at this point, so a little bit to return the favor. (laughs) Has it been six years? I'm 21. You met me my sophomore year of high school. Man. So, roughly, yeah. So, for anybody who doesn't know, um, why don't you just, uh, why don't you tell everybody how we know each other and uh have become this like unlikely duo (laughs) so uh Vanessa was my track coach one of my track coaches in high school um she's actually one of the people who inspired me to turn exclusively to track um and I also actually know Calvin from football like him and I did football my sophomore year when I played at JV um but yeah, I've gotten closer with Vanessa over the past, I would say, four years at this point, like since my freshman year of high, uh, college. So yeah, just a rekindling of an old friendship, I would say, but a little more personal, less athletic. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting because I feel like um, our conversations are like um, food, weightlifting shit that pissed me off today (laughs) what i'm you'll never believe what my mom did you'll never believe who pissed me off today that kind of shit yeah (laughs) no literally and it's uh it's it's probably it's it's like george is engaged in a very long-standing um girl talk thing with me i don't think he wants to admit it but it's pretty much girl talk it's pretty much therapist client relationship <laughs> on a more personal level for both of us. Yeah, that's true. So let's get into it. Um, we were just at the gym. Um, we did leg day today. Uh, you left, I stayed, and I did some cardio. Um, and we we talk about this every so often. But what is like the worst? slash most annoying thing that people do in the gym? Um, I have to pick one. All right, so... You could do top three. <laughs> so I would say for sure the most annoying is those people who are there for, like, the social hour. You know, they're there for probably working out for maybe 20 minutes, and then they see their friend, and then they just have a full bore conversation. You know? Good. <laughs> Conveniently congregating around the uh, the shit that you need to use. Oh, yeah. Um, I remember there was this one time I had to use – there was, like, in our gym, there's only three squat racks. So two right. of them are actually being taken up. The other one was a congregation of these annoying wannabe powerlifter kids 
who, and for those of you who don't know, I'm only five foot six, 160 pounds. And I'm not saying this to toot my own horn, but I think I lift decently better than people twice my size. So there's the, and I have to preface it by saying that there are these powerlifter kids who are congregating around a squat rack deadlift platform who are hyping this kid up for just a lift that should not, by my standards, probably by your standards as well, like just doesn't need to be hyped. Like he's probably only deadlifting 315 on a sumo. And they're hyping this kid up, hyping this kid up. And just it like, <laughs> and I'm like, dude, I've seen you deadlift more than this conventionally. There, there's no reason why you should have a hype squad of 15 people, con- no exaggeration, congregating around a squat rack. Seven of which work at the gym. So I don't under yeah. Oh, uh, are you talking about who I think you're talking about? Yeah, I don't know his name, but yeah, likely. Right. <laughs> <laughs> likely. Uh, yeah, it's uh oh, there's a couple um there's a couple of these like high school kids, um or I don't know if they've recently graduated or you know whatever the case is, and um sometimes I I have to like stop myself. I'm like, all right, you're you're fucking being weird because like I'm 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 watching them and it's like from a coach standpoint I'm like I see what you're trying to do like I I see that but what's actually happening I'm like I like like a like an injury in about 30 seconds oh 100 percent. and if if any of my teammates are listening to this know that I they know I call them out and I help them. it's not even a call out it's it's I'm helping you get better and I see this and I'm like from a captain upperclassman perspective if you were my teammate I would stop you in the middle of your set and then show you how to do it you know and make adjustments and make adjustments but in a public gym where you're with three of your friends trying to be the big man of the group I, I'm just I'm gonna waste my breath and it's gonna fall on deaf ears, so I'm just gonna leave it alone, you know. And it's probably shitty of me to do that, but you know, I'm not gonna help someone who doesn't want to be helped. Right, and I see it with like a a lot of like females too, where I'm like, oh my god, I'm like, what Instagram did you get this workout from? <laughs> And it's like I want to so bad, like, like girl to girl, like help you out, but I'm just like, you know what? It's not my place. But what I makes just, it worse? I... What makes it worse is that they're typically with their boyfriend, who's telling them the wrong shit in the first place. So who do you yell at, or not yell at, but who do you confront? The boyfriend who's telling them how to do it wrong, or her to, for listening. You know, <laughs> I actually that's funny that you bring that up because I saw this guy and this girl and I, I they were doing back day. I seen them doing like dumbbell rows, like, you know, whatever. And then so he's trying to um, or he's showing her how to do um, like a, a barbell, um, like a bent over row, you know? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And uh, I was <laughs> like, all right, first of all. He wasn't bent over. So an like, upright. Was, so it's like upright. It, no, 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 no. It wasn't even like that. I would be like, oh, okay. He's doing upright rows. It's shoulder day. No, he was 
pulling the barbell like into his groin. Uh, oh, but he oh, was like, yeah, like he just, I don't, I'm like, I don't know what he was looking at. All I knew was, I'm like, I don't, this is, this is not good. Like, <laughs> and so he's like, all right, yeah, you know, like that's how you do it. And the girl, um, you know, she, she grabs the barbell and she is at this point, like, um, mimics it. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh no. <laughs> And I'm looking at this guy, and I'm like, all right, he's in decent shape. And, um, you know, I'm like, he looks like he would know what he's doing. And I'm like, how the fuck did you get here? Like, not by doing anything right. And that's almost even more annoying to me as somebody who's, like, you know, uh, trying to change body composition. And I'm just like, fuck, dude. Like, it's almost a slap in the face. You know what annoys the hell out of me is these (laughs) direct shot, but people who want to be a a personal trainer or a fitness model or whatever, they do arms, chest, back six days a week off the seventh. They don't touch legs. I'm not take as an athlete, as someone, as a client, as someone scrolling through Instagram, I'm not taking advice from someone who doesn't look like they do. They don't do legs. You know, like like I'm straight not, straight chicken legs. Like straight, like up and down. Your thigh is the same size as your cab. I'm not taking advice <laughs> from you. Thanks. If if skinny jeans are baggy on you, no, thank you. I don't want your help. I will learn how to Dude, bench press by myself. And uh, it's always the guy like wearing the fucking shortest shorts at the gym, and I'm like, why? It's always the guy wearing like these. The Addy Zeros or Roche or Nike Roches or just with a stringer on. Yeah, that. That guy. <laughs> that or Gymshark it's... with the with the yeah, that guy. The squat shorts. Oh my God. On. That 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 else <laughs> that else annoys me, but <laughs> the day after Christmas, I don't think I saw I don't I don't think I've ever seen so much Gymshark. Oh my god. Like in my life. Oh my god. Oh my god. The first <laughs> day, my first day cuz I was in New York for Christmas. So my first day back in the gym I think was the 27th. Um right. and I have I haven't seen so many high school kids outside of a prom. Oh my god. <laughs> since high school. It and I'm sitting here and I'm it's waiting like for a bench. I'm like, okay, that's fantastic. I forgot it's chest day for everybody after a holiday. So I'm going to go do legs. Dude, it, it's like, um, and that's the one thing. So it's, I like our gym, right? Because there's, uh, there's a lot of equipment. I mean, for the price that you pay, like it's pretty, it's pretty great. But like the only thing that, um, I think, and I don't know if these things are just things that we find annoying. It's like, really, because it's like, why do you give a fuck? But I think that it's so much easier to notice when you are actually serious about what you're doing in the gym, as opposed to, like, you know, um, fucking 17-year-olds 
just hanging out. <laughs> yeah, and I've I've noticed, especially in the college setting, right? And I've been training differently than how I um, otherwise would for the season. But even when I'm lifting specifically for the season, I notice like people trying to do Olympic lifts wrong or people trying or not trying to do Olympic lifts, but doing Olympic lifts wrong or doing this. Mm. And they see me training with the team. So I would assume there's some kind of credibility there. So when I go and help them, that's when I feel like I'm in a position to help, right? When I feel like I'm in a position of credibility, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm wearing my team shirt, I'm with my team, and I go up to them, I'm like, hey, why don't you try doing this or try thinking about this? And they kind of just wipe me off. I'm like, okay, so I'm just going to go over here and go fuck myself then. So (laughs) (laughs) you, you stay over there and, you know, have a bulge disc, I'll stay over here and, you know watch you do that well you know i i think like the problem is and like you're saying like what what we're saying is like the kids who are lifting way too much not lifting correctly um you know attempting uh you know it takes a long time to learn how to do a a clean or a snatch or you know properly at least you know like a a squat even like it, it takes it takes a long time and so it's uh it's just almost like like i said a slap in the face when you see people just like like oh well anybody can do this and then you come across as like a know-it-all like and that's another why a reason why i don't like insert myself because i think there's so much ego especially in a gym like this like we go to crunch you know it's not like you know a strength and conditioning place it's not you know, where like more serious people are and, you know, they've chucked the ego and they're there to, to like put work in. So I think a lot of the time it really is, it's just about like ego. And I think honestly, in terms of fitness, in terms of sports uh, or pretty much anything, it's like thinking that you're better at something than you better than you are, or thinking you can't improve or, or just like, just you know just just having that ego in general it's i think it's it's dangerous and that's what gets people hurt and that's what um it makes i think a fitness lifestyle pretty unsustainable i think all right so there's definitely two different types of people in the gym right and we can categorize them broadly is the ego lifters And I think that the ego gets shut down really quickly when you're not, when, if you do it correctly, you're not pushing what you should be pushing. Right. Does that make sense? So like if you're you're asked to the grass squat, your knees are pointed out, you're going to squat 225. But if you're ass above parallel, you're dipping your chin down and everything like that. You might squat 405 or 315 or whatever, but you're going to, you know, I, and then the other side. But but is it really a oh, squat? No, 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 no. <laughs> right. And so people hold themselves to this standard. And so and I, and I see it. I'm like, why, why, why attempt that? Like, why do that weight? Like, why not just do it right? I mean, like, if you do it right long enough, like you will build strength. <laughs> I don't know. I've seen way too many people get hurt trying to 
now don't get me wrong right we're we're talking at like but we know what we're doing in the gym for the most part and for for someone to sit there and look like they're benching 225 for reps or squatting 315 for reps or doing whatever but you can clearly point out and we're a little more detail oriented so we can see the meticulous flaws but as a whole like the the glaring the glaring flaws that's where i'm going to be like all right you need to step back put 135 on a squat bar and then actually just focus i've seen way too many people get hurt because they don't want to go back to the basics that i've seen blown out acls not not in person but i've seen and heard things that are like I hurt my knee. I tore my ACL doing squats. I can't squat like this anymore. You can't squat like that anymore. And people are like, yeah, and people are like, what? you know, like, I don't know. Like, they're like, why? They're surprised that they have these injuries. Oh, and then I can speak from experience. Like, just getting that injury is going to be such a blow to the ego. You're going to be a lot more cognizant of how you're do- like. You and I today, we were doing hack squat. I put my belt on and I'm like, I already feel my hernia coming back. So I threw the belt on. I'm not, mm-hmm. even if that was still the case, I would have taken a plate off. I'm not going to risk another hernia because I want to look a big man in the gym. No, I'm not going to do that. You know? Right. Because you have the ability to to stop yourself and, and, and regroup. And, and And speaking of, like, that's one thing that I started to do, like personally, just like trying to build range of motion. Like it's, it's been difficult. Like I feel like my hips are tight. My ankles are tight. I've been trying to stretch. It's, it's a blow mentally because I can't remember a time where, you know, I'm like leg pressing over a thousand pounds and, and squatting, you know, like almost 500 pounds, Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? And I'm like, oh, like, that's who I am. Like, I'm a strength lifter. But I'm also, like, taking a step back and I'm like, <laughs> you're 30 years old and you're going to You're not track and field anymore. Lift to look good. Right. And so, and, and that's and that's also another good point. Like, changing your training to, to, to realistic goals. Like, like, for me... I'm, I don't care at this point. Like I've, I've gotten over that. I don't care if I ever squat that much weight again. I don't care if I, you know, bench fucking whatever, like it doesn't matter because that's my, my goal right now is to just look good. Yeah. And I've, I've made the adjustment to my training where I, I took mentally took a break from like any kind of power lift like power movements clean snatches olympic lifts stuff like that throwing and i'm going back to school tomorrow and i just i feel like i'm going to be mentally fresh i'm not going to be you know at the stale point where i'm going to start overthinking everything i can go back to the basics get back my footing and just let everything roll again you know what i mean and then yeah, everything. Oh yeah, and then place. just making that adapt to that adapting to a new training style, I can now go back to my old one and I can push more weight just because I was able to do another training method, you know. 
Right. And, and also with, um, with the exercise component, like it, be, it comes the, the nutrition po- component, like obviously you can't out train like poor nutrition, but like for you personally, like what is like the biggest lie or misconception that you've ever believed about your nutrition based around your training or, or your, your weight goals or whatever? Um, supplements do all the work like right so do you do you feel like you overuse supplements at yeah one point, i think there was a point when like during the first part of my weight loss two years ago there was a point where i was smashing four protein shakes a day and rather than whole meals so i would have like one whole meal and i was l- more or less after practice. I say more or less because it would be like right around the time practice would end on a non-practice day, but it was more or less around the same time. But I would smash like two protein shakes or a double scoop shake for breakfast, go throughout my day, have another shake for lunch, and then just go. So I obviously, A, did weight loss the complete wrong way. B, dropped stupid amounts of money on supplements that are really fucking expensive and then didn't put enough credibility put enough value in whole foods chicken rice broccoli like veggies pasta other like just basic shit you should know that you just throw out the window because you saw an instagram post like don't overeat too much rice you know Right, like people who they like they kind of like demonize food. Exactly, and for you to say, or not you, but for someone to say, you know, eating two chocolate bars a day is going to make you fat. Okay, coming from someone who used to be fat, yes, but <laughs> yes, but if it's also stacked on top of other shit that you're eating, you know. Right. It's, it's definitely about balance. Like what do you, so as far as like back to the supplement thing, like, so you said you were smashing protein shakes. Like, is there anything else that you kind of bought into? Like you said, you spent like a stupid amount of money on supplements. Like what was probably the most useless thing that you thought that you Uh, needed? A, because I think I have a genetically high caffeine tolerance. Um, so I would just get very shaky and not in the good way. Like, it would be, like, the skin-crawling shit that people want out of a pre-workout. I hate that. It doesn't give me any energy. Right. I just dropped, like, I think I bought, like, two things of pre-workout. Barely got through half a tub of each. And I'm like, for what? Because I was going to have it before a meet because I didn't eat anyway. So I'm just going straight caffeine on an empty stomach and having the shakes before I throw with a really bad crash. So what was the point? Meanwhile, I can get a whole meal, probably like a granola bar an hour before I throw, actually have like some kind of like Gatorade or water with aminos during and after my throws and then no crash whatsoever. Right. So, so basically what you're saying is you've kind of like diverted from using caffeine to like getting your energy from. Yeah. Or even just 
I've put a lot more stock in just mental clarity for competition days. You know, like I would go in foggy, completely doubtful. I'm still a head case, but I'm more just once I get there, just focused. I don't need, you know, pre-workout or I don't need the caffeine. I don't need any of that. I have a cup of coffee before the meet before I leave, but it's more just a routine thing rather than a crutch. Right. And what do you think about the people who like get them out of my gym? Get out of my gym. Fat burners? Fat fat burners. I thought you were talking about bang. You kind of came out and then I heard burners. I'm like, oh. Um, If you drink bang in the middle of your workout, get out of my gym, please. Thanks. Oh, in the middle of the workout? It's honestly ridiculous. (laughs) Drink it before the workout. That's fine. But, like, why are you walking around with a fucking can of bang in the gym? For fat burners? (laughs) The marketing around it, obviously. But you're not going to burn fat. Again, a lot of things that we've learned through experience. You're not going to burn fat using a fat burner if you're still eating, like, shit. You're just not. You're just pissing money away. Right. If you're in a colo- if you're eating less than what you should, and you're taking fat burners, that's going to expedite the process. I personally don't have experience using fat burners, so I can only go on secondhand accounts. <coughs> but right. I think just I think if there's any kind of supplements that anyone should be using is creatine. If you're trying to build muscle. Amino acids, EAAs, essentials, um, and some kind of protein powder. But again, like they're called supplements because you're supposed to supplement your diet. Like if you can get everything I just said out of Whole Foods, go ahead and do that. Spend the 50 extra dollars, the 100 extra dollars that you would have otherwise spent on supplements. Buy red meat, buy chicken. If you're a vegan, vegetarian, plant-based, get more veggies, get lentils, get chickpeas, get something. Like they're called supplements because they should be supplementing your your nutrition. If you're not getting what you should out of your nutrition, then get supplement. Or try to try to find the replacement in actual foods first. Again, hypocritical coming right. from me, but still well, not if you learn from experience. And and I also feel like, um, you know, part of the part of people buying into certain ideologies about foods or carbs or certain diets, restrictions, whatever. I feel like part of that is like the unwillingness to to really one learn your body learn when you feel good, understand, uh, like what works for you. And people don't realize like, that's not linear. Like it's trial and error and it's, it, it takes consistency and you're not going to see results overnight or, and if, or if you do and you drop a bunch of weight and then you plateau, you know, people aren't willing to look at, 
I think like the nutrition aspect and be like, all right, like what needs to make, like, what do I need to make adjustments on or, or what do like, what, what do I have to change or, or what can I learn about? I feel like, so there's a little bit of laziness there. And so I think people are always trying to, uh, to, to just, you know, and not everybody, but like, you know, to take the easy way out. And I just feel like a lot of people haven't accepted. There is no easy way there's to, no to cookie cutter and I there's no cookie there's cutter, no cookie cutter method and I I was talking to someone recently I'm not gonna point her out or talk exactly about what we talked about because she told me that in trust but she asked me about a specific diet that I went through during my <coughs> weight loss and I told her I'm like well I personally looking back don't recommend it because it was an extreme it was very extreme and it is highly unsustainable like I basically drove myself nuts doing it I'm like just start Mm -hmm. with cutting the shit out of your diet I'm like have three meals four meals a day veggies protein (coughs) have veggies protein throw some rice in there don't snack oh, don't snack? All right, fine. Have a rice cake, one rice cake, just to get the mental aspect out of a snack. But don't sit here and have like a bag of peanuts twice between your meals and then on top of your three meals and say, I'm not losing weight. Yeah, because you're having, you're snacking, you know? Like if you cut your shit out first, right. you'll lose weight initially. You'll lose, let's say, 10 pounds in a month. Realize it's probably, it's most likely water. But if you keep with that for two months, three months, four months, yeah, the the weight's going to go down. It'll be like six pounds in month two or four months in month three. But you're still losing weight, and the residual weight after that is going to be fat. It's going to be glycogen. It's going to be all this other shit. And then eventually over time, that turns into 50 pounds or 100 pounds or whatever your weight loss goal is. And then once you find that, put a cap on it, you know? find the happy exactly and do you feel like when you went to that extreme like when you had to make adjustments and divert back to like regular food like do you feel like that was uh it's still hard for me mentally (laughs) it's still hard for me mentally i went from eating once a day and i'm not afraid to say it so if there's anyone out there listening who's going through something similar hit me up Uh, i'll I'm more than happy to share my experience. Um, but yeah, I went from eating once a day and that meal over the summer, over a summer when it's hot <coughs> and I'm doing a two hour workout with a hoodie on, it went from being three, a- I still remember it. It was three eggs, a cup of Greek yogurt, two tablespoons of peanut butter and a protein shake that was a whole meal so probably not even scraping a thousand calories and just for me i need three thousand to maintain so i'm eating less than a third of what i should be taking in i'm drinking a shit ton of water that was my justification (laughs) but i'm going to throw for an hour then i'm going to the gym for two hours so three hours of exercise right there and i'm still only taking in a thousand calories like those those were the extreme measures I went to. And then 
I had an intervention with a friend of mine, Josh, thank you. Um, he says, dude, you got to eat. It's like, you, you seriously have to eat. And then he kept tabs on me. He says, make sure you eat. Every few hours, he'd be like, what did you eat? What did you eat? Make sure you eat. Send me your food. So I would send him my food. And it went from being um, those three eggs, cup of yogurt, and peanut butter to, all right, that is now just my breakfast minus the peanut butter or minus the yogurt. And now I'm having chicken rice right. or veggies and something or a sandwich or whatever. And now I've, you know, like I've gotten to some such a consistent point where it's like I take the guesswork out. It's 200 grams of rice, 110 grams of chicken, three times a day, four eggs in the morning with oatmeal, and then call it a day or a protein shake at night. That's it, you know? Right. Yeah, I, uh, I don't, I, I've never gone to, I don't think like any extreme. I mean, I do have days where <clears throat> I feel like maybe I, uh, <laughs> I definitely don't eat enough. Um, and, uh, oh yeah, you'll be like sending me your fucking second meal and I'll be like, uh, I've only had four <laughs> cups of coffee already and it's only 12 o'clock, so. <laughs> exactly. Oh wait, it was three exactly. cups. Exactly. I'm sorry, uh, dude. Today I made up for it though. I had a shitload of coffee today, but I uh, I have this weird mental thing about like going to the gym with like food in my stomach. Like it just makes me feel like heavy and lethargic, and I probably do need the energy, and probably do uh, rely too much on caffeine, but. uh I didn't like I had like breakfast today and then um and then you know we worked out in the middle of the day which is not my norm but then (laughs) I just had dinner it was like 942 calories and it was like a fucking gigantic meal but in my mind I'm like all right I'm eating my lunch and my dinner at the same time and I think that in the past like I would have been like oh, I went so long without eating. Like, that's great. And I would have had, like, the same amount of me- uh, food that I would have had for yeah. for one meal. And then and then eventually, in the middle of the night, be fucking starving. So it's been, um, it's been for me, very mental to just be like, you have to eat. Like, you have to put food in your body i'm like it wasn't hard when it was like, <laughs> so what changed like, you just took the breading off with no problem eating <laughs> literally i and i don't know like i just well a part part of like the mentality and change and like actually like eating food honestly comes from you well i was actually going to ask you that like like again for anyone out there but do you think having someone like some kind of accountability or like even if it's something you and I send each other our meals all the time but do you think something like that's like oh shit like I know I haven't eaten in four hours and I haven't eaten all day George is probably or whoever's probably waiting for me to let them know I've eaten do you think that helps like I know there's a lot of people who tis the season for new year's (laughs) resolutions right so again there's there's got to be some kind of percentage of people out there that goes to the extremes I went to or worse, God forbid, or worse. Right. So do you think that some kind of accountability should be had where if it's a mother, if it's your dad, if it's a brother, sister, a friend, a cousin, uh, 
writing it in a journal, giving your journal for someone to read. Like, do you think having just some kind of system of accountability there in place helps you stay on track of your shit? Like if you're, if you're working, right, you're pulling an all day shift like you did today and you're buried in work and you're like, Oh shit, it's four o'clock and I haven't eaten yet. Probably should get some food in me. <laughs> like, do you think that helps? Yeah, actually, I definitely think that like the the small little consistent things, like like I I know exactly what you eat for breakfast every day <laughs> because I see it. But it serves as a reminder. I'm like, all right, he got an early start. He's like, he has his nutrition in, you know, whatever. It, it's kind of like a mental note. Like, all right, you gotta eat, you gotta do this. Um, it also just because I have to reciprocate that, it forces me to to be like all right you know gotta have a meal gotta do this and another thing of like I think one thing that as far as like the fitness stuff is like I I always put right on my watch always and I just feel like for me like <clears throat> that seals the deal like I put the work in today and it's and it's not you know and I don't know what people think when I post that it's not for anybody mm-hmm. but me but for me to look back and be like, all right, you know, like that's done. And uh, I think that's one of the things that helps me too. And now it's like, almost like I hold myself to that picture. So I'm holding myself to that workout because that's part of my routine. Um, And as far as like having another person there to, to like, I don't know if it's like guidance or motivation or both or, you know, whatever, but it, it, it's, it's helpful. And like people, um, you know, people who don't even know you, like, personally, know, like, mm-hmm. that, like, you're my guy. So, it's, uh, it's, it's definitely helpful, and I would encourage anybody who is trying to, I don't know, either, like, maybe you don't have weight to lose, maybe you have weight to put on, maybe you, you want to change your physique, maybe you do have weight to lose, like, whatever. I think that, um, I think that a partnership or, or just, you know, finding somebody who maybe does have experience to like, um, you know, to cheer you on or just like a supportive partner, if you have a boyfriend or girlfriend or, you know, somebody who um, is going to keep you in check. I, I think that that is, um, I think it's important, especially when you're first starting out, because it's almost like you can't, I don't know if you have the mental discipline to like hold yourself to the things you're supposed to do. I don't know if you established a routine enough. Um, it's, 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 well, there's that, right. And I think there's also the body dysmorphia aspect of it too. Oh my God. Like I can go on a tangent about it. I don't know how much time we got, but I'll make it. it brief. So a friend of mine is going like, he's training over the next couple of years. He wants to compete in a show. And we actually, you and I talked about this. I'm not going to mention his name. Um, so right. he had a shit, like just a shitload of coursework over the latter half of the semester. And he dropped, like he was supposed, he wanted to be putting size on it rather than like he dropped. He ended up dropping weight. And I'm not going to go into the specifics of it. I'm like, why don't you like either send me your photos or like send like just take progress photos because you're going to see yourself one way one week 
you'll see yourself in a totally different light right. when you're mentally in and then when you're thinking a little more straight, you know, like you might just be holding water or you might just have missed all your meals for the day. And then I ended up, the conversation took a place where, or a turn where I'm like, when you're prepping for a show, you're going to think you're a fat sack of shit. But I'm like, your 7% body fat is still better than other people's 14% body fat. Or your 14% body fat is better than someone else's seven. I'm like, right. you need, like, you should hit up Vanessa or you should hit up me. Like, I say Vanessa because she's a therapist and she also will be on your ass about your diet. So she'll be like, oh, you should pull a little more carbs or oh, you should put some carbs back in. You need to fill out, you know, like just having someone in uh, an objective opinion, an objective set of eyes. That's like, no, you're fine. Stop stressing. You're OK. Like you did with me last week. I said, I'm going to change my diet back around. You're like, no, motherfucker, stay the course. <laughs> you're fine <laughs> i know i'm like no I'm like, you this fucking is the don't. third diet change you made in five weeks you're fine I'm like okay but yeah like just having someone there like if you have body dysmorphia troubles like i had for a long time because of the weight loss trust me when i tell you no like because it's a very serious issue in the place that we live right now like the whole the whole state of the world it's it's becoming a lot more common for people with body dysmorphia positive body dysmorphia negative body dysmorphia you you should and I don't want to be a life coach but there there has to be someone in your life who you can turn to and trust where you can be like I need you to be objective with me about this you know right and it's so easy. And if you don't have that, it's so easy to get like stuck in your head. I mean, your thoughts can ruin you. And we'll talk about that. But it's like what you said about like progress pictures, like that's so important. Like, and it's like, um, and this is, and so it's maybe it's like more personal, but I don't give a shit. Um, like in the morning, like I always send Natalie a picture, like I'm going to the gym, like whatever. And it's funny because she mm-hmm. keeps all the pictures. And, um, you know, having somebody who, like, can understand that, like, you have a tough time seeing your own progress or, or changes and, like, uh, you know, like, I, I'm a person that I can well, that's the myopic. Up that's sure. the myopic view of and, it. Uh, like, you, you see yourself every single day in the mirror. You only see the day-to-day changes because you may not, not you specifically, but you may not care to look back how you looked six months ago or six weeks ago, you know? So you may not know that, okay, six weeks ago, I look like this. Now I look like this. And, yeah. And just by looking at yourself day over day over day, you're not going to see those little changes. You know, you're not going to see your your shoulders shrink. You're not going to see your waist shrink. You're not going to see if you're trying to put on weight. You're not going to see your back get bigger, your chest get bigger, your waist get bigger. Like having something, having a reference point there or someone to reference your points for you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that all depends like how bad, you know, that issue of body dysmorphia is for you. Like if you can look at pictures and remind yourself or 
or, or reference that for yourself and, and be able to give yourself some credit, then that's fine. And if, and if you can't, you know, have somebody in your life who can send you these pictures or, or point out the differences and be like, look, no, like I can see this, like, this is what everybody sees. And, but that's how you see yourself. And, and, and sometimes I think that, uh, you know, maybe people are afraid to, I think there's a stigma surrounding it. It's like your body. Right. Right. And so people are afraid to even like, be like oh I'm like really having this issue where I'm fucking looking at myself and I don't see anything's different and I'm ruminating over it and like people almost feel like it's stupid but it's it's seriously so common for men and for women and so like the fact that we're both like sharing this experience I think that everybody needs to realize it's it's not just uh you know it's like a girl that like fucking thinks like her hips are too big like it's like it it goes both ways. Exactly. And like you said, positive and negative. <laughs> Speaking of uh, being in your head, um, I think the last serious topic we'll, we'll kind of address is, uh, you know, like, so with fitness, with nutrition, with lifestyle changes, I think comes like a lot of, like you said, overthinking, anxiety. So for you personally, like, how do you, how do you manage different anxieties, whether it's like sports and performance related, academic, career? So I, ch- I tackle each separately. Like I, I take a different approach for each. And athletically, obviously, you know, from coaching me how bad I used to be. <laughs> like, like oh how my God. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> I could look at the way you were walking. Uh, it's and one be of like, those oh, days. It's this fucking it's kid who's having he, a meltdown. He definitely put his right sock on first today. God damn it, George. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was one of those. Um, <laughs> I would constantly overthink the the. Still do. Don't get me wrong. I'm not a miracle, but <laughs> I also have self awareness. But I would overthink everything to the smallest, most minute detail. And harp on it, like, for weeks, um, athletically. Now I kind of, I take a step back and I reevaluate, you know, I'm here for a reason, right? I'm, I'm a collegiate athlete because I worked hard to get here. I deserve to be here. I hate that word deserved for myself, but I worked hard to get here. I, I'm obviously qualified for this meet, so I've obviously done well enough to be here, right? Obviously, my teammates see something in me, some kind of qualities that I don't see in myself for me to be a captain. And I think that step back in self-awareness helps to mitigate, not completely, but not completely eliminate, but just to mitigate whatever little anxieties I have or big anxieties that I have. But then I also know that no matter what happens, right? Everyone, everywhere, you, my mom, my coaches, my teammates, you know, the kid who sits next to me in finance, like you're all going to know that no matter what happens, I put my best foot forward. Even if I feel like 
I did it. Even if I think I shit the bed, I know that for that day, I did the best that I could do. And all I had to do was go out and execute, whether it's a great performance and I threw three PRs that day or if I shit the bed and I fouled out, right? I know that for that day, I had to execute and do what I could and that's it. Like let every let my technique take over, let my training take over. I can't control the uncontrollables. I can only control what I do. I can control what this kid from this school throws, or I can't control how this official is going to mark, or what he's going to call, or you know, I can't control how much weight I lift in the weight room. I can control how I perform in the weight room. I can control how I perform meet to meet. I can uh, control what and how I practice, whether I'm taking serious reps or I'm pissing off, you know, um, when it comes to academics, cause I have a lot on my plate. I take a day, I take a Sunday or a Saturday and I just piss off. I don't look at my emails. I do, but I don't pay much attention to it till Sunday. I try not to do work. I remove myself from every and all academics for one day a week and then get back to it the next day because no matter what happens, it's still going to be there. But. Right. And you, so you're, you just take a, I a, check a out. mental break. I check to, out. To cut the overall. I go. Yeah. And I actually. I think that's important. I, oddly enough, had this same conversation with my barber and with Jay. With my, with my barber. Not Jay, your brother, <laughs> my barber Jay. Um, we were talking about how burning out is a lot more common when you're when you're driven for whatever goal it is you want. And you think that just taking a nap, he used his words, not mine. Just taking a nap, you're not being productive meanwhile that's probably the best thing you can do given that situation you know like my right like you don't always have to go that was his point so he took an like before he cut me he was at work or he was at home and he says call me when you're on your way i'm going to be taking a nap so for him that 20 minutes or however long his nap was was enough to recharge and this entire day was enough for him to recharge so he can go back and do six days this week and then recharge next Monday. And then, you know, I think just having exactly. Right. So taking a step back. Exactly. And what about, uh, what about, so, I mean, like you're, you're about to, to, to graduate and like enter the real world. <laughs> as they call it, even though it's, you know, the expectations are different for everyone, I guess. Like, how do you, how do you manage, like, what am I going to do? Am I going to get this job, like, career-wise? Like, how do you, how do you pull yourself um, back from overthinking that stuff? I don't know. It's uncharted territories for me. Um, I've been really, over the course of my break since classes ended, I've had a lot of time to think about what it is exactly I want to do. And for those of you who don't know me, 
or don't know much about me. I want to help low-income families gain financial education. It's something I think above, not above all else, but it's, it's a common thread with low-income families. They don't have the financial know-how to save for retirement. So they end up working through their 70s and they don't have retirement funds and they don't have insurance and, you know, all this other, they can't afford to put their kids through college. So they take on debt and then they take on debt to pay off that debt. Like it's, it's just a never ending. So it's just like this, this cycle because they just don't have like, if, you know, if you don't, if you're not born into a family that has like some kind of financial stability, I mean, everything is oh, pretty 100%, much survival mode. 100%. I think, I think, People see investments as something that you can only have if you have X net worth, which is 100% false. Like, especially now, um, you can open up a brokerage account on Robinhood for 20. Like, I started with $20. And then just every time you have an extra couple bucks, you just throw it in there, buy something or, you know, whatever. Um, So that being said, going back to my point, I think... Over the course of this break, I've been thinking about a lot of what I want to do. So I I want to align myself with some place where I can see that come to fruition. I want to be somewhere where that I'm not in it for just the, like the money's great. Don't get me wrong. But I want to first establish relationships with people and make sure that they understand that we're taking care of them and their futures rather than just earning a paycheck for myself. I am, let's be completely transparent. I would be (laughs) earning a paycheck for myself, but for me to succeed, you have to succeed because I'm paid based on your performance, you know? Um, So that being said, this entire break leading up has just been, contacting this company meetings with this company interviews here i've had two or three interviews with the same company and i just emailed them this morning and it's a company i think i find i can see myself working with after college and and like reaching yeah the type of people you yeah, want to be able to reach. exactly but for me to do that i have to put my i have to promote think... myself in a position where it's like I'm not just here for the top 1%. I'm not here for, you know, the doctor, lawyer, like physician, whatever. I'm here for the guy who runs his own car mechanic shop in Silverton or the restaurateur who was wiped out for COVID has no savings. Well, I want to make sure that God forbid something like this happens again, you have savings next time. You know, you have some kind of cushion where you don't have to stumble. Like, you can kind of go through, but you don't have to shut everything down, you know? Yeah, and I can't imagine, like, especially, like, with COVID and everything, I think, like, the lack of financial security for, for literally most people, like you're, like you're saying, if you're not, uh, you know, super established or you don't family money or you don't have this and, and you weren't able to keep a job, I mean, you're probably struggling right now. And, 
you know, I guess if you had in the past had better education on how to save money or how to have your money make money, then yeah, I, I definitely think that you could be in a, a different position. And, and I mean, people, low income people, middle class people, I mean, that's what makes up the majority of like the economy, the the, the majority of the people who are out there are going to be. Well, you heard what Dave Portnoy is doing, right? Money. With Barstool Fund. So, so those of you who oh, don't yeah, know, Barstool absolutely. Fund is Dave Portnoy's um, contribution, I guess you can call it, where people just donate money no matter how small and they help people, small businesses who have been hurt through COVID can't afford to pay their employees, mainly restaurants, but any kind of small business, just keep their doors open, pay their pay their employees their wages and it's a recurring um it's a recurring donation so like it's not just a one-time let's say ten thousand dollar thing for january and fuck off no it's ten thousand dollars for as long as the pandemic goes and he does that for however many businesses he can reach and just just that alone like the amount of businesses that have hurt the amount of family forget businesses the amount of families who have been hurt because they had to close down their business or haven't been able to go to work, you know, like all because I've had to take on substantial amounts of debt all because they don't have a big enough savings. Like I forget what the stat was that I read, but it was something like 80%. I'm probably butchering the number, but it was a substantial percentage of U.S. families don't have savings over $2,000 or $1,000. Like, $1,000 doesn't get me grocery shopping for two months. Like, I don't know what the hell $1,000 is going to do. My my rent isn't $1,000. So basically right. what you're saying is I don't have savings to cover my rent. <laughs> you know? And that's the truth with most people. Like, I would, a good chunk of people. So just to have just to be able to want to contribute some kind of financial education and help people in low income situations. That's, that's what I want to do. That's what I want to align myself with a company that that's like sets itself to do. <laughs> that's awesome. And I think that's a pretty good goal. So, uh, and <laughs> I mean, I've always had this saying about George and I think a lot of people, um, would uh echo that it was like hardest worker in the room and uh so i i don't i don't doubt that that's that's something that you're going to be able to accomplish and you know one thing that you are is you know even if it's <laughs> sometimes to the extreme is 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 disciplined and consistent so and and you know that's that's a word that we use every day is consistency and so um you know, I think that you're going to be consistent and in, in, in following out this goal. And I, and I hope you do, because I, I can't imagine um, from my own experience how beneficial it would have been, you know, like to know about credit cards and credit scores and finance and, and, and what it takes to own a house and what it takes to buy a car. Like these things don't just happen. And it's not something that I'd learned about in, in school. And, you know, I didn't necessarily have anybody just saying like, Oh, this is how you have to do this. So, I, I mean, I learned the hard way. 
um, and luckily earlier than later, but, um, you know, for some people that's just like, it's a generational thing. And you just, you see certain types of people who have a lot and, and certain types of people who don't, don't really have too much or don't really uh, have the resources like somebody like you who, who wants to, to educate, um, you know, lower income people. Well, let me, let me ask you that real quick. So So when you first got your credit card, you were most likely asked, use this for emergencies only, right? Or no? (laughs) Or you max that bitch out on a monthly basis? Uh, (laughs) Max that bitch So for people who grew up... All of them. um, In a normal household... Oh yeah. When you don't have anything, and then all of a sudden, when you don't have anything, and then all of a sudden, you have, you know, you're, you know, eighteen or nineteen, and you have like a thousand dollar limit. You're like, ooh, wait a minute, I can just buy shit, and I don't have money right now, but I can just get shit, shit that I didn't have or couldn't couldn't have, and you're just like, fuck it, I'm spending. Like, yeah, for me it was. Um, it happens quick. I applied for my first credit card. When I was going into college, yeah, I think it was when I was going into my freshman year of college, and it was, use this for emergencies only. Well, what the fuck is an emergency? Oh, I don't have $20 in my savings account, but I want to go out to eat. That's an emergency. Like, no. (laughs) But I think the narrative, I think the narrative should be, like, yeah, use it. And this is something I've learned over the course, but I'm like, yeah, use it. Don't be stupid about it. Just I would put a limit on how much money do I have in my checking account. That's how that's my credit limit. It doesn't matter if my credit limit's two thousand dollars for the credit card. My credit limit is two hundred and fifty dollars because that's what I have in my checking. You know, fuck my save. I'm not touching my savings. I have two hundred and fifty-seven dollars in my checking account. I have two hundred and fifty-seven dollar spending limit. And if I go over it, then, you know, I'm pissing my entire checking account away and going to find the other, going to find out how to pay for the remaining balance, you know? Right. Exactly. Spend what you have. Don't, don't spend more than what you have, more than what you can pay back. If you are in an emergency, if you fucking, you know, need a tire on your car, that's a totally different story. But if you I'm saying voluntarily like spending. Just swiping. Oh, yeah, just swiping. You're like, oh, I'm going out for fucking ice cream. Oh, I'm going to the bar. College kids love taking a credit card to the bar and just fucking buying drinks and, oh, you know, shots and doing all I this shit. And then being I like, just spent oh, 100 bucks. I don't have any fucking Whoops. money. <laughs> <laughs> that happens quick from experience. Um, all right, so we'll close out. I have a couple um rapid fire questions for you to answer. So people all right, can so what are these, like, get to one, know you a little bit one better. Answer, short answer questions. Don't elaborate too much. <laughs> Don't give uh, a George answer. Got it. All right, we're... exactly. Uh all right. Chocolate. Easy. Chocolate or vanilla. Sweet. Sweet or savory. Leg day. Back day or leg day? What is the poorest uh, meal you've ever made year, yourself? Um, freshman year, we would do the Easy Mac. 
and then I had the um, you know, the Tyson anytizers, like the little fucking boneless chicken wings or whatever. So, so my roommates and I yes. would uh-huh. take a cup of Easy Mac, put in the pre, uh, put in the microwave. We would take the Tyson anytizers, we would chop it up, and we would put it in the Easy Mac. It was fucking delicious for a freshman in college, but now I'm just like that meal cost me fifty cents. <laughs> That meal cost me fifty cents, <laughs> but yeah, but but any college that was, uh, I honestly that's feel a, like listen, that's a luxurious. You didn't, you didn't specify meal. shit poor meal. You just said poor meal. So tap water. Poor meal. My poor meal is fucking uh, Yo, white hold bread on. with butter when and you, powder. When I was in my fat prime, I would do, <laughs> I would do mac and cheese. Right, you're gonna probably think this is shit, but I would do mac and cheese with hot dogs. Like that was just a disgustingly fat meal, but it was kind of poor because it was like craft blue box and like some dirty ass ballparks that we got from Aldi hot dogs, whatever. <laughs> like two dollars, like two dollars for the pack, oh, I've been and there. then like another a... seventy five cents for the craft blue box or dollar seventy five or whatever it is. But you have lunch for a week. But you have lunch for a week. <laughs> now I buy twenty dollar, twenty pound bags of rice and chicken breasts, and that's meal. <laughs> that's meal for a couple of months. What is uh? What's one thing you you'll always spend money on? Do you mean on? like to spend if I had it, or like overspend on? Like, it's something you'll overspend on. Something that you, like, because I, I think you and I are kind of the same. We don't really, like, give a shit about, like, flashy stuff. But, like, what's something that you're, like, I'll spend on? Like some So, like, so I'll give you both ends, right? So, clothes. I'll always shop clearance rack on clothes because I don't give a fuck about a Gucci label or whatever. I'll fucking buy clearance. I'll always overspend on electronics, though. Always. Always. If I have the money, if I could afford it, I would always overspend on electronics. Got it. All right. This one is could be tough, but all right. You have to bang one. Is it uh, Betty White or the Queen of England? Queen of England. Well, because really? the fucking palace is so big, right? So it's kind of like I can pick the best room in the fucking palace. Done. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so you can exactly. stare at the room instead of her. Like, get this over fast. <laughs> if you had to pick, you lose a finger or a toe. Do I get to pick the finger? Left. No. Yeah, I mean, if that's what. Uh, no, 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 no. Just any, if a finger or a toe. If I got to pick the finger, I would pick my left pinky finger. Really? Shit is pointless. The shit's useless. It's fucking useless. I don't even use my pinky. Useless. (laughs) My left pinky. But if, but if, but if you lost a toe, like you would potentially like lose balance, right? Like would would that affect like? Right. Yeah. You think? So I if feel it's like, like no matter so what, if it's like the outside two toes, up, right? like if it's the, if it's the what is that the thumb toe or the other end toe, like your pinky toe, I guess 
Yeah, your pinky toe. <laughs> your pinky uh, yeah, toe? I could fuck you up. But if it's like your middle three, you're fine. Because it balances out. You're fine. You're good. <laughs> you're fine. <laughs> what is, like, all right, so people are always like, oh, unpopular opinion. But, like, what is the most unpopular opinion that you um, feel that you subscribe to? Netflix is overrated <laughs> as, as, as a viewing platform. Netflix is overrated. Yeah. Really? So what do you like what food. do you think is better? Like I would I would say I would say ninety percent of my viewership I, I think of whatever time I have is like YouTube just whatever like Pat McAfee on YouTube or like some kind of bodybuilding podcast. Like I watch YouTube only because it's like short, stupid clips or long podcasts. I don't watch Netflix really. I don't get into series, so. Fair enough. I think that maybe Jay would agree with you on the on the YouTube thing. He said, I mean, you can also, like, people, YouTube. Uh, people <laughs> upload shit to YouTube, so whatever you can find on Netflix, you can likely find on YouTube in some kind of clip. Like, my, my favorite, my favorite, right? I don't, I don't do movies like that. Like I'll watch it, I'll sit through it, but I won't voluntarily watch a movie. I can't follow a plot line. <laughs> but the the YouTube channel movie clips, it gives you like the entire movie in like ten fucking clips, and it's the best thing on it's the best thing on earth. It's like digestible three minute clips or two minute clips, and I'll just bang through it in like twenty minutes. Oh, okay, I just watched a full movie in twenty minutes. Yeah. Wow, that's interesting. I didn't even know that existed. All right, last question. What is, what's your favorite conspiracy theory? I think before this whole alien fucking thing came up, I really did enjoy, like, the aliens did the pyramids one. You know? Yes. 100%. Do you think that they did? They had to be involved. I mean, like, I so, feel like people back then were so fucking tiny. So did you we hear, did you like, read or happening? at least hear about the report that came out, like the alien report that came out, like the 2000 page, like whatever? I didn't. <clears throat> well, just yeah, so like, I was watching the alien Pat McAfee's a huge conspiracy. Like he loves conspiracies. Like he'll get high and watch, like do He used to be an NFL punter. So he's not like a conspiracy junkie, but his podcast, they dove into like a page of the 2000 page report and it was something along the lines of aliens turn some soldiers to stone. So there's a, there's a conspiracy, there's a theory one of the podcast hosts is working on. That's where Stonehenge came from because you know how like they can't explain Stonehenge. He's like, well, maybe he goes, well, maybe. Like right. some people were because sur- it's a perfect circle or like it's 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 in a circular like formation. He goes, well, maybe he goes, well, maybe some people were surrounding right, an alien pattern, yeah. and it just it just fucking turned everyone to stone. So if they have that kind of power, who the fuck knows? Like the 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 pyramids in Egypt are so meticulously designed and crafted and they're so 
perfect, there's no chance, especially given the technology back then, that these little these little and just yeah, like the understanding about like mathematics, goal, no and... chance in hell. They got it that perfect. Aliens built the pyramids, and Netflix was overrated, (laughs) and mac and cheese with um, anytizers, Tyson anytizers, is the best freshman college meal, especially for drunk roommates. You you give them that shit, it's like crack, and you're you're their best fucking friend. (laughs) Thank you. All right, George. Well, thank you for hopping on i appreciate it and uh i think that was a pretty insightful conversation about uh fitness and mentality and just uh, all around good shit so i appreciate you buddy absolutely uh, and like i said uh, just to finish on that note but if anybody does have any kind of questions or just wants to reach out because of anything bothering them Feel free, hit me up on Instagram at Bubba underscore Duke is D-U-K-I-S. I'm always more than welcome to, or you guys are always more than welcome to share your stories or whatever if you feel comfortable. Or just watch my squats, so. Awesome. And I will, uh, <laughs> which I readily repost, so I will, uh, I'll tag him in the uh, in the post for the episode. All right, 